This podcast is for parents like you, navigating the world of neurodiversity with love and compassion. I'm a neurodivergent mother of three amazing neurodivergent children and a board-certified music therapist. Our mission is to create a supportive space where you feel understood, connected, and inspired. With practical tips, strategies, and resources, we'll help you and your child thrive in your unique way. Join us as we dive deep into the diverse world of neurodivergent individuals, exploring topics like ADHD, autism, dyslexia, sensory processing challenges, and more. We'll cover it all to empower, educate, and uplift both neurodivergent individuals and those who walk alongside them. Together, we'll create a world where every brain is valued and celebrated. We're excited to embark on this enlightening journey with you. We are your hosts, Samantha Foote and Lauren Ross, and this is the Every Brain is Different podcast. Welcome to the Every Brain is Different podcast. We are here with Diane. Diane, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. And can you please tell us how you are involved in the neurodivergent community? Sure. I'm the founder and executive director of PDA North America. I also have a private practice where I, um, I'm a social worker. So I work with neurodivergent individuals and their families. Awesome. Thank you. And what is PDA North America? Like, what does that stand for? Let's start with PDA. Okay. So, yeah. um, so PDA is a small, complex profile that falls on the autism spectrum. It's just not really recognized in America. So most people don't know it. They think of PDA as meaning something else. And it stands for, not a great name, pathological demand avoidance. Some PDAers, which is what people who fit this profile are called, are trying to change the acronym to mean persistent or pervasive drive for autonomy because this drive for autonomy and demand avoidance are two hallmarks of this autistic profile called PDA. Thank you. I really like the autonomy part of that because that's basically what they're doing is they just want autonomy. So it's a much better description. I agree. Since we're starting the effort uh, in America, I didn't think I should mess with the name until people know it. It just would be confusing. So we try to always include many names. So, um, and PDA North America is trying to bring PDA awareness to America and Canada and also provide resources for parents raising a PDA or um, adults who identify as being on the PDA profile and therapists and educators supporting PDAers. Awesome. We're in its infancy, but uh, we've only been around a few years. Yeah, but I'm excited that you're here. So thank you. Thank you. Me too. Me too. It's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing that you would tell parents of neurodivergent kids? So what I think is most important, and I didn't make this up, I think Bruce Perry maybe did, is that um an adult who is not emotionally regulated cannot be successful regulating a child who is not emotionally regulating. So parents have to do self-care or teachers or other adults too. You have to become 
You have to be able to control your own emotions if you're going to help a child who's struggling. Yes, absolutely. And do you have any tips or strategies that parents might be able to use for to do that? I think self-care is a big one. And parents, especially mothers, always neglect themselves and put their needs last. And then you don't have the bandwidth to support your children. I think not letting other people pressure you to pressure your child is helpful. I think parents figuring out what they need as an individual to calm their nervous system, because it can be different for different people. But I think making sure that parents or other adults have those tools really makes a difference. You're doing it for your child. Yeah, for sure. Um, We were just talking about in another episode about how parents need to have boundaries. And so maybe those people who are judging you for how you're raising your child or how you're doing your life, like how to have boundaries with them so that you can do what you need to do and not worry about what they're thinking. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And and kind of picking and choosing the people you spend your time with. Because sometimes having a neurodivergent kid can make you reevaluate some of your relationships. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have done that. So yeah, yeah, it's important. It's important. You need to be around supportive people who are going to make you feel good and competent, not people that criticize and judge. Yeah. So make you feel good about what you're doing, what your kid's doing, how you're raising them. Right. Yeah, because people are very judgy. And I do find that when people are pressured, when parents especially are pressured by professionals or friends or family, it's so easy then to pressure your your child. And especially for PDAers, that is the last thing they need is pressure. Yeah, for sure. Can you go into a little more about that? Like what what should you be looking for in your child if you think that they might um, be a PDA-er? It's a great question. I think one way to look at PDA is that the individuals have more nuanced characteristics of autism. So those old-fashioned, out-of-date stereotypes um, that we use to judge if someone's autistic or not, probably not going to work for PDAers. I think things to look for would be an anxiety-based need for control. Often PDAers are very imaginative and love role-playing and pretend play, or I don't know if play is the word for adults, but um, using pretend and imagination. Not being able to meet the demands that are we consider everyday demands. So most people have a hard time doing housework or things we don't like to do. But PDAers struggle with everyday demands. And one of the things that makes it complicated is often kids who fit this profile or adults who fit this profile sometimes can't do things that they want to do 
go to a social event that they were looking forward to. Lots of kids who fit this profile want to go to school. They just can't make themselves go. So that separates PDAers for a lot, from a lot of people. It's not that they don't want to please the adult or comply. They just can't. And one of the things we talk a lot about in the PDA world is that it's a situation of can't. It's not that they don't want to do something. It's they can't. They can't make themselves, even if they want to. And that's an important distinction, too. And these kids often mask so they don't get noticed. Um, so people don't know they're struggling because they understand the social world well enough to be able to kind of fit in and not draw attention to themselves. And they might do that at school, but then fall apart at home. So uh, a PDA could perform very differently at home and at school. They can only hold it together so long. And yeah. PDA um, PDA parents get a lot of judgment, so especially in those situations where everybody thinks the kid's fine. Yeah, where they just think, oh, they're fine. They're just being difficult or whatever. Right. That's what I or hear a lot. They're just being difficult. Right. Or it might be a home issue or a parenting issue. Yeah. Get me a you know, neurological issue. Must be parenting. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. And where can people find you and find more information about what you do? Um, PDANorthamerica.org. Okay. That's the best way. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope the discussion on neurodiversity has provided you with support, understanding, and inspiration. If you found our podcast valuable, please share it with others who may benefit from our insights and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the follow button and let's keep exploring the fascinating world of neurodiversity. Click the link in our show notes to visit our website for a free download of three tips for a stronger relationship with your child.